Hello and welcome to this bonus episode on the Football Index Weekly Podcast. This is an FPL special. I did one last year, it was very well received. And I think it's safe to say that about 95% of the listeners are into FPL. I think for a lot of us, FPL was probably our first FI-like experience and then FI kind of monetized that football knowledge. Uh, I've been an avid player of FPL for 15 years now and could talk about it for days, so that's what I did with FPL General. <laughs> Talked about it for about an hour and a half and I've decided to put it into podcast format. But just uh, something to be aware of before we get in, it is actually a YouTube live stream, so there is a visual element to this. Now, we weren't looking at the same screen or anything, so that won't impact the listen, but just in terms of the audio isn't as clean as maybe most podcasts. And even you can hear now, I'd say a hum. Can you hear that hum? I'm having to record this intro because I want to get this out to you as soon as I can. I'm in work today, 12-hour shift, so it's either get it out now or don't get it out for until tomorrow. So I'm recording an intro in the conference room at work. There's diggers out the front. We're just going to have to deal with it, guys. But yeah, FPL General, arguably the best FPL player on the planet. Three top 500 finishes. What a guy to have on the podcast. If this is the type of content you like, this won't be going out on this podcast a hell of a lot, but it will be going out on the YouTube channel more now. I was blown away last night. Over 200 people, most of the time, on the live stream. There was, you know, it's, it's not even 24 hours, and there's about 15, 1,600 individual people have already viewed the video. It's, you know, people love this shit. So I'm going to try and do more of it over on YouTube. So go and subscribe over there if you can. Just look up John Nellis. If you also want to just watch this in video, Hit say goodbye now and go over and watch the video. But other than that, I think that's it. There's no plugs in this episode. It is a bonus episode. There's no sponsor for this episode. And yeah, I don't I'm not gonna badge you with that. So look, if you can leave a wee a wee review if you're into it. And other than that, enjoy it. And good luck with your FPL. If you enjoy this, maybe maybe give it a wee share on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you happen to be, Facebook, and give me a tag. That would be much appreciated. But other than that, Enjoy this bonus episode. Do not worry if you're a football indexer and you're here for football index. There will be an episode out every Monday as per usual. This is purely extra. Over and out. Have a good one. There he is, the handsome devil himself, FPL General. How are you, sir? Good to be here, John. Thanks for thanks for inviting me on. I enjoyed a couple of your your uh, your footstock streams during lockdown, so it's uh, it's good to be on with you now. Yeah, I'm actually kind of lucky. The first few of them, I was basically drinking a bunch of cans and making a dick of myself on YouTube. I think that's um, why I enjoyed them so much. <laughs> exactly, and then because it's a gambling site, you see, drinking is uh, drinking is gambling irresponsibly. So I kind of had to cut that cut that out so now i drink like juice but do you know what fpl streams i think you're allowed to drink cans because it's like not gambling so like we have potential there going forward kian mckenna says we're twins by the way mark um gary brown pen pc mitch are all saying hello so is aaron brown there's a good few in the house tonight before we get into it guys make sure you hit subscribe and like while you're here um but before again before we get into it mark do you maybe want to tell anyone who doesn't know who you are or about your sort of fpl history and the name but the general Jonah maybe give us a bit about that yeah sure so as I say I'm better known these days as as FPL general uh, around the fantasy football world so I've been been playing FPL for as long as I can remember I remember playing a form of fantasy when I was about 11 years old last time Ireland were in the World Cup back in 2002 so championship manager led me to FPL and, and here we are 
working full time in FPL now. So I'm, I'm living the dream. You know, I'm very, very lucky to be to be able to do this Monday to Friday and call it my job. Uh, had some very good finishes over the years, three top 500s, striving to try and get another one. It's getting harder and harder every year. So yeah, it's uh, that's just a wee bit about myself. Where did you finish this year? This year I finished 29K, which I was very happy with because I had my worst ever season last year. Last year, I think it was over 500K. It was mm. coincided with number one, getting married. So I blame her partly. <laughs> and number two, going too deep full-time uh, with the FPL stuff and, and had to learn from mistakes and cut it back and you know cut back on some subscribers and stuff because I was ending up doing too much. Mm. And then it came to a Friday and my, my head was fried when it came to making my own transfer. So lessons learned, came back and had a, had a strong season last year and, and hopefully go even stronger this time. Exactly. And without boring the tits off the listeners because they're not here to hear about this, but I think that's often the, the content. I had this talk in a podcast last week. It's almost that content creator di- dilemma where you get so engrossed in creating content, staying up to date with everything, staying up to date with this, that there's just so much going on, you're up to date with everything, that whenever you have to make the decision and execute, it's a bit blurry at times. So ah, you've got too much information. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Hello to George Butler, uh, FPL Rubber Duckies here, Z21293. You should change your name, mate, that's a bit of a mouthful. Uh, Gary Brown, Mark Howard, everyone here. Some questions coming in. We'll get round to definitely all your questions later in the podcast. The first part of the podcast, we're going to spend on a couple of main topics. One of which is obviously fixtures were released today, which is huge for FPL. And the second of which is, as you can see on the screen, I have not even... And I didn't just go and delete them all. I have not actually done a draft yet. So this is my first draft. Um, For those of you who are new from the FPL scene, my story is I'm big into Footstock and Football Index, which are kind of FPL skill kind of gambling things. I'm a big gambler, you could say. And, but I've done FPL for 15 years. I could talk about it all day. And that's what we're going to do tonight. So... Mark, I think the first thing is the fixtures. What are your first thoughts? Do you know, I've seen an article you put out today in The Athletic. Um, do you want to maybe elaborate on that or talk about that? Do you know, what are your first thoughts when you've you seen those fixtures at 9am this morning? 9am this morning, I had my coffee ready, like everyone else, waiting for that, you know, 8.59 to 9 o'clock, to just that the, the clock to click over. And first instinct was I was delighted to see a blank game week because I think FPL, the more chaos you have, the better. And the more challenging it is, especially in the beginning, because otherwise you've seen it for the last two weeks. You know, everyone had very similar teams. Mm. Fixtures come out today and, you know, it completely changes everything now. So, you know, especially no United and no City in game week one. So the likes of De Bruyne and Bruno Fernandes, people are taking them out of their teams now. So overall, I was happy with the fixtures because not just the blank game week, I think they're quite tricky. You know, there's, I, there's not very many teams that you can say have a very good start. You know, a lot of the bigger teams have quite tricky ones. Even the likes of Liverpool um, have a tricky couple of first three or four games. So I think it's very interesting. I think it's going to make for a lot of different teams in game week one, yeah. different strategies. You know, you've got to decide, you know, do you wildcard early or how are you going to get these Man City and United guys in in game week two and three? And I think that's the beauty of FPL, isn't it? It's embracing the chaos. Templates are boring. I mean, there's no point in lying about it. And I suppose that's the draw of fantasy draft leagues um, but again that workload on top of normal FPL is a bit much for me um, but I'm, uh, you know, I'm actually half tempted to, to do some sort of league on that front this year but again those templates when you get the latter parts of the season they do your tits in especially if you're behind you have to go proper differential to catch up and that's how you rock up with a 500k plus finish exactly, where yeah. you're captaining guys to try and catch up and it just doesn't you know the odds are against you 
Um, so I think this is going to be really interesting. And, and one of the big things that I've, I think we've already had a couple of questions about is about this early wild card. Um, hello to Seamus McCarthy, Gary Brown. I might have already said hello to you all, but anyway, Sports Stack Rich, how are you guys? Um, again, these are all stingy bastards. I can see there's 120 is here and there's only 14 likes. Come on, guys. Do you know, when I, when I have streams with like 30 people on them and I get 30 likes, come on, knock them out of the park. Anyway, um, what was I even saying there? I was off right, early, early wild card. Early wild card, that's the one. Good man yourself, keep me on track. So a lot of discussion around this. Do you basically use the first week as a free hit and then you're wild carding out of it? Do you bring in a Bamiyang for a week or two and then switch him to a premium city midfielder or Bruno Fernandez? Have you had any real thoughts about that? Obviously, this is subject to massive change with another three weeks before FPL starts. But what are your early thoughts on the the sort of early game weeks? Yeah, so again, it's it's only really a matter of hours since we found this out. So there hasn't been any massive thought gone into it yet. But I think my my early instincts are, I think your wild card is your most powerful weapon in FPL. So I don't really like the idea of using it in gaming two or three. I mean, last season I kept it longer than I ever did before. I kept it until game week 19, so the last game week where I could actually use it. And I would probably like to do something similar this year. I think the first wild card does have to be used by, I think it's game week 16 this year, so it is slightly different because of the way the calendar's fallen. But for me, I think I'll probably most likely set up, you know, maybe take a two, maybe two and three rather than, you know, as I say, using that most powerful weapon after just. Especially in game week two, you know, you've only got one game week of information. You're playing your playing your wild card and, you know, fast forward a couple of weeks, you, you could want it again. I think the important thing to remember as well is, you know, we're still in the middle of a, a global pandemic, you know, and I've, I've been playing the Scottish fantasy game the last couple of weeks and it's been absolute carnage. You know, <laughs> boys going out for pints after games, games getting called <laughs> off, players taking one night trips to Spain. So it's been challenging to play that. <laughs> That's fucking and I think carnage. It just, it's a, I think it's a reminder that, those things could happen in the Premier League as well over the next couple of months. You know, there could be games called off with COVID, and I just think having that wild card in your pocket will be will be very handy. So most likely, I'm going to keep it for for the long term. Hopefully, we've seen that even in Ligue 1. Um, for anyone who cares about European football, do you know the Marseille game and Sanetian on Friday night's been called off, but the other leagues or the other games of the league are going ahead, and it's this. Do you know a lot? I think there could be carnage over the next six months. Hopefully, it's only six months. It could be a year. God knows how long this will rumble on. But all it takes is one person, one team to be diagnosed with COVID or um, whatever, and all of a sudden there's this domino effect. So there could be carnage, and I, I completely agree with what you're saying. That wild card could really pull you out of a hole. So if you can just, you know, we have the fixtures now, plan accordingly and build your first team with it in mind. Because it's something that a lot of people, and it's almost an advantage, you know, if you're taking the time and you're putting the effort in and you're looking at the fixtures and you're looking at the players and the price points and you're even just kind of, Ahead of time, and a lot of things are subject to change. Form, we don't know who's going to start the season. But if you're planning, kind of a couple, if you're a couple of steps ahead, you'll be in a much better position than Sally from the office, who's paid twenty quid to enter the FPL office league, and she sets up the team and then doesn't really look at it and then takes a twelve point hit in week two. You're you're kind of putting yourself in a really good position to have a good early position. And as we say, when templates come in, I think that's essential. Um, but what's the last thing I wanted to discuss? There's a few sort of fundamental things I wanted to discuss with you before we get into the bulk of me picking my team and then we'll take some questions at the end. So the last thing is kind of, I've seen it thrown around a lot already, is this midfielder focus on the formations this season. Because obviously there's so many premium options in midfield. 
uh, just to pull that up maybe for the well, will it even pull up no you can see it on the screen there anyone who's watching i've got the midfielder selected but there's so many really good midfielders there that you could argue are essential the bruyne should to a lot of teams he'd be nailed on all season Bruno you could say the same Salamani speak for themselves Aubameyang coming into the mix Sterling, Rashford, Son there's so many of them um, the list goes on whereas the forwards are maybe a little bit drier than previous seasons I've seen a lot of people talking about 3-5-2s and really going midfielder heavy do you have any thoughts on that sort of change in price points and formations and, and positions this year or do you not really agree with that sentiment? Yeah, no, no, I think I do agree with what you're saying. I think it's been happening kind of naturally for the last couple of seasons. We've seen probably the prices of strikers have been coming down and, you know, we've got a lot more expensive midfielders. And I think we've only got three strikers who are who are 10 million or more. So is it Vardy, Kane and Aguero? And I mean, you go back a couple of years ago, you had loads of strikers, 11, 12 and 13 million. You know, I think back to when I started, the likes of Henri and Drogba and all these guys. So it's the landscape has been changing. Um and, you know, I think all the signs are pointing out towards, you know, having probably three big midfielders because at the end of the day, you felt they're midfielders, but they're they're actually forwards. You know, your Aubameyangs, your Salas, you know, they're, they're forwards. You know, you play a lot of other fantasy games and they're classified as forwards. So you're just paying a little bit extra for them to be midfielders in FPL. And I think, again, God instinct, you know, can't talk about it too much yet. I think if I do, or forwards will probably be how I start with probably two cheap forwards, maybe around 6.5 million. Um, so I'll be heavy in midfield, but I also might go heavy, heavier in others in defence, possibly. And then maybe three or four, 4.5 million defenders. But I really like, you know, I like the Liverpool double up, maybe not now with the fixtures to begin with. I like Matt Doherty as well. I think he's underpriced this year. So, I make a number of defence. Yeah, and for like Mark for on my end there, anybody you were breaking up a good bit. Um I don't know if listeners get that break up as much as me. Um I hope you catch most of it. But look, we get the sentiment of what you're saying and we actually got most of what you said there, but just in case people are listening, have a bit of have a bit of sympathy. There's been massive, massive storms in Ireland and I'm sure across the UK over where you are, Mark. Um and the internet's shocking. My my internet's normally crystal clean. But anyway, I think well we get stuck in based because you were mentioning a few players and mentioning a few things. Well, we get stuck into starting to build a team for me, um, and be as critical and call me a dickhead if I say anything stupid. But my kind of that's initial... why uh, that's what I've been looking forward to all day. <laughs> I was just waiting for that. I was just waiting for the, the the lads and the yeah. There's someone else there saying George Butler saying anyone else getting some breaking up noises. Look, guys, we're sorry. It's just the internet connections at the minute. I mean, both of our internets, we both are content creators. They're normally crystal, crystal clear. I'm sure a lot of people across the country are experiencing it at the minute. But look, the show must go on. My initial thoughts, Mark, with goalkeepers is Pope is obviously, I was kind of hoping to have him nailed on, um, but he's, he's 5.5 now. I'm looking to save a bit of money because there's so many premium players up the pitch. I'm kind of looking to maybe go 5 million max, probably a 4.5 keeper and uh who's nailed, and then some cheap keeper that probably won't do much for me. Do you agree with that, or do you think I should maybe be looking more premium? Yes, I think I agree with you. I never really like paying the premium for the goalkeepers. They just haven't really done it in recent seasons. They haven't really been worth the money. So I think I'd be looking, like yourself, probably a 4.5 and a 4 backup, I think. So spending just the 8.5 million on a goalkeeper. You know, I had Nick Pope almost all of last season. I think he'll be paying 5.5 from this year. 
hopefully I can find this season for Pope, but there's not very many of the 4.5s that fill me with confidence at the moment. Mm. I've seen Alex McCarthy thrown out a lot, and a few of the guys who I'm in groups with are going with him. Why can't I find him here? Probably wasn't one of the top scorers of last season. What do you think of McCarthy as a pick for the team? I did see a rumour to... I did see a rumour today about Jack Butland possibly interest from Southampton, so that would probably throw a spanner because I think if Butland came in, he'd probably get a final If that doesn't happen, I do think McCarthy is probably one of the better 4.5 goalkeepers because I expect Southampton to have a have a pretty good season this year um, mm. and to be, you know, have, have a decent defensive <laughs> record, but. One worry with them is they've lost Hoiberg to Spurs. I think that's a big loss. You know, he protects the back four very well. So it'll be interesting to see what effect that has on the, on their defence. I've just whipped up Premier injuries on the screen here to have a look at the injury table for Arsenal. Do we know when Leno's back? No, participant. Well, he was he was touching goal for the for the I think it was the FA Cup final. So he should be, as far as I know, he should be okay for the start of the season. But mm. Martinez had such a strong end to the season that he could actually keep the shirt so it's going to be interesting to see what happens there because I think if Martinez starts in game week one everyone's going to flock to him because I mean that's our goalkeeper for the season if he can can kneel it down but I don't think it's going to be as simple as that I would probably expect Leno to come back in like Leno's a very good goalkeeper as well so um, yeah. it's probably one just to get probably two minutes before community shield before the week before so that might give us an idea Mm. The reason I ask is because Martinez is sitting at 4.5, which if Leno was still out, I think, with the first two opening fixtures and his form at the end of the season, that could be a bargain. But look, I'll be honest with you, of all the positions, I'm going to have strong opinions up the pitch, but like the keepers is one that have really got me this year. I think in previous years, I would probably have just went and bit the bullet and got a 5 million plus keeper. But based on how expensive some of the players I know I want up the pitch are, I feel like I might need to bite the bullet. But in terms of just moving on towards the defence, oh god, even the five millions none really jump out. Who would you go for? Who's your two you're going with? I see to be honest, I think goalkeepers is the hardest position this season. I think it's going to be the one where I'm going to be scratching my head for the next couple of weeks because it's a position you want to get right as well. You don't want to have to make a transfer there. So at the moment, I've got Matt Ryan at Brighton and I've got his backup button as well, just for that idea that if, if Ryan gets injured or suspended. Again, it's gonna it's gonna be a couple of weeks before I decide on. I think it'll probably be the last position I, I settle on in my team. Well, based on that, do you know what? It's the one that's confusing me the most, and I am gonna tell you as you're watching, this is probably not who I'm gonna end up with, but I'm gonna nail them in there now just in terms of having a bit of a budget for going up the pitch and having some fun, if nothing else. But in terms of defence, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to go straight ahead and stick Trent in because I want them. Um, if you agree, I think you, you'll you probably agree with that. But if you don't, again, you can chastise me. And I'm going to want Doherty because, as you've already mentioned, I think he's... Must have an FPL. Sorry, say again there, you were broken. I was just saying, I, I hate the word essential and must have an FPL. But I think possibly for the first time ever, we do have a must have in, in Trent this season. Couldn't yeah. believe he stayed at uh, seven point five million. So yeah, he's he's straight in. You got to build your team around him. I I was blown away. Like genuinely seven point five. I was thinking before the prices come out. I was like, if they say he's eight million, if they say he's eight point five million, they say he's eight million. He's still in. If they say he's eight point five, I have a decision. But he's probably going to end up coming in foolishly or not. 
eagle-eyed viewers will see I have a shirt of his in the background. I'm not a massive Liverpool supporter by any means. I'm not even a Liverpool supporter, but he is the best guy on Football Index and Footstock, the two platforms I, I gamble on. So um, I just really like him and I want him there. He just threatens every game, attacking-wise. He's so threatening defensive-wise, Liverpool are the best in the league. Doherty, it's lovely having an Irishman in your team, but aside from that, he puts out great numbers, great assist numbers, especially with him and his up front. Hopefully, Wolves don't lose him. Um, do you know, he, he's good for a goal of four times a season the past two seasons on the bounce. I definitely want Doherty in there. You'd agree with that based, I think, on what you said earlier that he's undervalued to you? Yeah, I was very surprised he wasn't. He, I mean, he finished last season 6.5 and now he's 6, so it doesn't really make much sense. He was on fire towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Wolves are one of the best defences in the league, so I really want them for, for game week one. You know what? I prefer to have Doherty than probably any of the 6 million or 6.5 million forwards. You know, I'd fancy him to outscore all of them this season, so very good chance Doherty would be in my squad alongside Trent as well. Yeah, I'm thinking those two, and then I'm probably going to have to go budget across the rest of the back line to to make way for some big hitters up the pitch. But then the question comes, who do you go for that's budget? Are there anyone who jumps out at you five million below, probably four and a half, really, but who jumps out at you initially? We were talking about Doherty there. There's a lot of love for for the guy on the other side, uh, Vinagra, the left wing back. Mm. He's only 4.5. Obviously, it's harder to go for him if you have Doherty, but I'm actually not really now going for the double up. Now, there is rumours that Wolves are in for a left back. I think it's from Napoli. So, I mean, if that happens, that's going to probably kill Vinagra as an option. But I think this season, more than ever, there's there's actually loads of of good 4.5 million options. Um, I don't know if you've got your eye on any of them before I mention a few. Let me see. I'll just have a look through them and I'll have a comb through and see if anyone jumps out. Sorry, I've got the completely wrong thing up here. So, short it by price, four and a half. See, it does it by teams. Now, I know with Arsenal, I don't know if Saliba will come in and make a certain place for himself. I'm just looking. I'm going to literally call out everyone who jumps out at me, but from Arsenal, I know he's coming with a decent reputation. He's only four and a half. Arsenal have two good fixtures, but again, rotation and playing, like even just playing, could be an issue. I want to keep one for the watch list just for the first couple of weeks to see if he does get in there. Definitely. In terms of well, what have Aston Villa got there then? Target, but they've no game in the first week, so he's just skip, Just skip past Villa anyway. Uh, <laughs> you do not want a Villa defender, exactly. Um, let me see. Brighton have a couple of good fixtures. Everyone loves a bit of, a bit of where is he? He's not there. I'm thinking of. See if you go to see if you filter by defenders and then filter by price. Filter by price. Yeah, I've got all the defenders here, but it's going down by team. Anyway, I'm going to shade teams. I'll go to some good teams. Um, I know that a lot of people have talked about now whatever about um, Crystal Palace and Man United in the second game week. A lot of people are talking about this guy Ferguson for four million. Yeah, so we're hoping we're hoping that he is going to be our our Lundstrom this season. He won't get as many points, but. Um, all we need him to do is, is start the first game and, and make the right-back spot his own. It, it sounds like there's a good chance he will be the first-choice right-back this season. Uh, he seems to be very highly rated. I mean, likes of Joel Ward there is probably not good enough, you know, Premier League standard. So hopefully Ferguson can come in uh, because I've got him in, in at the minute as well because it just helps so much with, you know, moving funds elsewhere if you can get that four million defender. So... He seems to be the front runner at the minute, the best bet that we can get as a as a four million. So I, I like him in there with Trent and Doherty, and then probably you're probably looking for two four point fives in to, to make up the backline. Well, do you know what? I agree with the the reason on there on Ferguson. You're going to need a four million, and of all of the four millions I have them whipped up here, 
I mean, he really does. He is the only one that really looks like an option. There are a few other ones there. Don't get me wrong, but he's the one that jumps out at me based on what we've been hearing about him. I'll go back to four point fives and try and pick two out. So I'll go over here now. I'm gonna skip past all them. Brandon Williams is four point five. Will he fight off Luke Shaw if he does? Now I know he misses the first game week, but if he makes that left back roll his own and Luke Shaw fucks off, it's it's the rotation that kills you there. But uh, he, I mean, if if he did make the shirt his own, he'd be in every team. So again, hopefully, as us for us fantasy managers, he can fight him off. I don't think he will just yet. I still think there'll be a lot of rotation there, so it's it's probably not an option. Mm. The next player I'm looking at there, Dan, we're going to Newcastle. Now, I know Newcastle finished quite strongly in defence at the end of last season and have two good fixtures they're coming out with. At four and a half, you've got Clark and Lejeune. Um, again, I don't know about minutes. Now, Shar is injured, isn't he? And he would be probably one of their first choice centre-backs. Lascelles has got a wee, I don't know, 50% chance ankle. I haven't looked into that injury. Do any of these Newcastle defenders jump out at you? I think the issue with those guys is they play for Newcastle. That's the yeah. way I'm looking at it. <laughs> I think they, they punched above their weight big time last year. And I think with the with the table falling through everything else, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them really struggle this season. So again, probably another team I'm gonna avoid, in particular defensively. I do think Sat Maximan is good value, but apart from that, I don't think there's they're worth going for. All right. So Maximan pulled me out of the pulled me out of a hole at the end of last season there. I got him on his, was it two or three assists he got that week? I think I had him, did I have captain or vice? Doesn't matter. He pulled Just me out of a hole. I'm a big fan. Fun, a fun guy to, to own, a fun guy to watch. Mm, absolutely. Just to jump into the YouTube here, guys, look, thank you so much. It'll be much more engaging with the comments towards the latter end of the show once we get this team out of the way. But hello to Rude Van Martin, John Chappell, uh, who else is here? Charlie Jenner, Seamus McCarthy. It's probably I'm skipping over here. Sorry if I am. James Copeland, the scumbags in the audience. Simon Cox, Ross FI, Curtis FPL, Robert Ducky. All these are there. But I tell you what, Mark, and you'll be shocked at this. And I hope you don't look too aggrieved on camera. There's 150 chancers watching us. And only 42 of them have liked the video. Would you believe it? That means Mark there's Oaks. 108 chancers out there. Do what you're told. Exactly. Come on. You've got two aggressive guys with Northern Irish accents shouting at you. Fucking like the video. Anyway. We'll move on. So, on to Southampton very quickly there. I'm probably not going to go there for defence at four and a half. Vestergaard, does he even play every week? Uh, Walker, Peters, Bednarekt. I'm going to skip over them, but am I stupid too? Tell me if I'm going to uh, You, you might be, because I think Southampton, I'm looking at, in front of me, I'm looking at the first eight weeks in terms of fixtures, and Southampton are probably third on the list of, of who you know best fixtures. So I think they, they could be good value. I know you already mentioned McCarthy and goal, but if you didn't go for McCarthy, someone like Walker Peters, I think at 4.5 could be good value this season. What, um, he's probably the pick of the Southampton defenders. What do you think of... Now, I just know because, I mean, I read these... They're nice little handbooks. They don't sponsor me by any means, so I'll give them a shout-out because I just genuinely love the product. They're called Scout of Football. They do these lovely little handbooks and they kind of look at up-and-coming players around around Europe. And Salasu got a shout out in one of the recent ones and I read up about him. He's quite highly rated. So Southampton have nabbed him there and he's coming in at four and a half. Now, if he was to nail down a starting role, four and a half Southampton defender, I mean, it's one of those that time will tell. I don't know what his goal threat's like. I'd need to look at his, his stats from his previous club over in Spain. I think he was playing, but... I don't know, maybe he jumps out at me. Not jumps out, but if I'm, if I'm going down that route with him or Walker-Peters, will Walker-Peters play, do you think, every game? 
I, I think he will. I think he'll be first choice right back. But I think you could be on to something with Salisu. I think the big one here is, I think a lot of people are forgetting as well, we, we're going to have pre-season games, which are going to tell us a lot about, you know, we'll be able to predict who's going to be in the starting 11 game week one. So if you're, you know, tracking the Southampton pre-season games, if this guy, Salisu, is, is playing all of them, you know, I think he could be a good, he could end up being the best Southampton defender this season if he if he is a number one choice. So, that's what I'll be watching closely in those uh, pre-season games. Fuck it, I'm sticking silly Sue in. Fuck it, it's done. Um, okay, I'm scrolling on down through the rest. We're into the four millions again. So, What do you need, just one more? Fredericks, what are West Ham's fixtures? Like Newcastle up first, but then it's hell for them. Um, West Ham have put up the worst fixtures of any team, probably. Mm. Uh, there's a couple of guys at Leeds have a couple of 4.5s. I think they've got a tricky start, though. You've got Charlie Taylor, four point five, but he misses the first week. I think Charlie Taylor's a good option if you can if you can afford to bench him the first week and then just use him whenever he's got a good fixture. Um the other one I've got is Brighton Lamptey, but again, they've got a pretty tricky first couple mm. of games there. A few people another are throwing one, sorry, a few people are throwing Lamptey at us in the comments here. Uh, do There's know, also another one. Talks of Douglas here at at um Leeds has been thrown out along with Ailing. Ailing, I think Ailing yeah. is probably the pick of the the Leeds guys he's he had a very good season last season in terms of attacking returns there's another one as well I nearly forgot about him uh, Leicester have a pretty good run first eight game weeks uh, and the guy Justin he's still 4.5 how did I Pereira's, miss him Pereira's still injured so again Done. there could be a few clean sheets there I'm a big fan of James Justin uh, he's in I, I don't know how I missed him actually if I'd, if I'd have seen him he would have been in like Flynn We'll move on then to the midfielders. And now this is where it gets a bit juicy, Mark. I mean, so I think you're going to lose all your cash now. This is where things get fucking tricky. It's all very well buying four million guys and four and a half millions, but whenever people are costing you 12, it's a killer. So, look, in terms of who I want in my team for the season, I would like to think, bar injury, De Bruyne and Fernandez or long dry spells, which I can't see from either of them. I, I For me, I imagine they'd be pretty much essential. I These are just first thoughts I'm going to spitball at you and you can come back at me. Yeah. Aubameyang based on that you know he's just the a, a terrific goal scorer for Arsenal he's getting an extra point per goal now do you know he'll probably have bonus points coming out of his hole and if the first two fixtures I think he has to be in and I think my what I'll be thinking of is that switch over to De Bruyne or Fernandez for game week two or pro- probably three based on Aubameyang's fixtures um, so he, he for me I think Aubameyang's nailed would you agree with that or do you think the 12 million's a bit of what do you think? I would have said, before I seen the fixtures, I would have said you can probably go without them. But now that there's no De Bruyne or Bruno Fernandes in game week one, I think there's probably no reason not to go for Aubameyang now because of those first two games. You know, he can you can captain him in those first two games. And the nice thing about his price point is he's 12 million. So even if, even if you waited until game week three to get Bruno Fernandes or a De Bruyne, even if they rise, you know, 0.1 or 0.2 in price, he can still get there from Aubameyang because he's at extra 0.5 million. So he's a nice placeholder for whichever player you want to have long term in that position. So I think he makes sense now. So I'm pretty sure he'll be in my team for the yeah. other one. I have a couple of people here in the comments going, is De Bruyne overpriced? And someone says KDB is underpriced. I imagine this is just a conversation in the comments, but I'm just thinking, did I fuck up and say that he's overpriced? I don't think I did because I really don't think De Bruyne is. I think he's... The best midfielder in the world, in my opinion. So, look, if Aubameyang put in there, Mark, 
at the minute uh, with 53 million left with six player seven players to go probably seven of the pricier ones well the forwards maybe not but are you eyeing up a three five two here yeah yeah definitely so you want so you want five starting midfielders then Oh, definitely I want four in the middle and the, the fifth one can be a wee bit dubious. In fact, you know what? For the fifth one, I think I'm going to go ahead and throw them in. Uh, we'll see how you feel. People at home have a guess. You probably Give, me his, pr- give me his price and I'll have a guess who it is as well. Five and a half million. By the way, everyone watching, Mark can't see what I'm doing on the screen. Have we already, have we already mentioned them today? We did. I don't know if we mentioned them on stream or just before when we had a wee chat. Is it the man with the headband? It is the man with the headband. We already did talk about him. We said he's fucking phenomenal to watch. Aye. He's outstanding. Like, um, I, yeah, we literally talked about him two minutes ago. I knew, I knew, I knew he was going to win once we mentioned the bear there. Mm. So, so he's. I think, I think he's again. He's another player. I couldn't believe he didn't get a price hike. I think at five point five, he could be very good value. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would have expected him to be six, six and a half, probably six, five and yeah. a half to me is very cheap. Because whenever Newcastle doing an exciting, normally through him and at this he's going to be involved season, exactly. Yeah, two good fixtures at the start. There's a few new names pouncing up in the chat. There we've got Ryan. We've also got Ryan he- Hemmings. We've also got Mark Treadwell. We've got LFC BFC Adam Enches. There's loads of you there, guys. Look, thank you so much, Francisco Pereira, Liam Lawson, Nonstick Lama. Mark, popular gonna, man, John. We're gonna. Ha- I think it's you who's the popular man. In fairness, with near two hundred people watching this now, but would you believe again? There's only fifty that have liked it, but we're not going down that hole again. After you mentioned that, uh, after you mentioned Jamie Dornan earlier, I'm surprised it wasn't in, in flux of females. <laughs> to watch. I've been watching the. Um, I've actually been watching the fall recently. Ten out of ten. Good show, good show, isn't it? Yeah, and you know, it's one of those. I, I'm in the house, and my girlfriend has like a southern accent. She's from Cork, and she's. I'm sitting here trying to put on Jamie Dornan's accent. She's like, John, you sound less like him when you try and put it on. Just talk. <laughs> just talk. Um, so look, everyone, cover your eyes at home, and uh, you'll enjoy this maybe a bit more. Anyway, move on. There's a lot of comments there. Look, thank you so much for the engagement, Josh Havel, a regular viewer of the streams, is here as well. Dave Heaton, Sean Thorpe, everyone's saying hello now. We'll move on. Uh, so St. Maximin and Aubameyang are in for the midfield here now. Um, we've talked about him. If we go back to midfielders up at the premium end, a lot of people are saying Salah, set and forget. I'm probably going to go Mane or Salah at the start. and I'm, I'm verging on Salah because of the penalty factor. Um, they're both the same price this year. Last year I think it was a point at five or a million of a difference. I think it was, was it a million at the start of the season. Um, what are your thoughts on Liverpool? Yeah, I think um, I think you've got to have one of those guys for game week one as well. And the, it's the thing with Salah and Manny is, I mean, Salah's been an absolute monster in fantasy for the last couple of seasons. But every time I watch Liverpool, I prefer Manny. You know, and I, I, I probably if there was a point five difference, I would have been probably going Manny. But again, I was surprised that they were the same price. You know, Salah has the pedigree for a couple of seasons now. Like you say, those penalties are are worth that extra point five. Um, so I think. Salah picks himself almost now, mm. with, you know, between those two guys. Well, Salah is in. Now we're starting to look a bit squeaky bum time. We've got 35.5 left. I think we're going to have to go down the food chain a wee bit for our next midfielder. Um, just actually popped out at me there now. I know he misses the first game week, but Mason Greenwood's actually 7.5, which to me screams a bit of value. Mason Mount's only 7 million. Again, the only thing that would worry me with him is game time. Now, hear me out. I'm kind of the way I would picture Chelsea lining up would be Timo Werner up front, Ziyech on the left, Pulisic on sorry, Ziyech on the right, Pulisic on the left, Mason Mount in the middle, or some sort of variation of that. I imagine he's going to be a starter, but it, is he nailed on? 
I, I would imagine he may not be completely nailed on when they're all fit. There's just too many of them now. Mm. But it does look like Pulisic could miss a game or two. So I think for the start of the season, Mason Mount will probably play. And I mean, if he plays well, he's, it's going to be very hard for Lampard to drop him then. So I think I like Mount for the start if Pulisic is going to miss a couple of games. I'm just looking here now. I mean, Spurs have a great start to the game. Bergwijn comes in at seven and a half. Now, maybe not the most prolific first season with them, but you know, I'm just looking a bit further down the food chain. Who jumps out at you, sort of under that, under the eight million bracket? We'll say. I think you already mentioned the main one, Mason Greenwood. I think seven point five million as a midfielder. I think he has the potential to be the best value player in the game this season. You know, just watching him. I'm a United fan, so I watch a lot of United and. This kid is very, very special. He reminds me of Robin Van Persie, the way he plays. You know, left foot, right foot. When he gets his shots away, it's very hard for, for goalkeepers to get anywhere near them. So even though United don't play in game week one, I think I'd be looking to have him, you know, have him on the bench for game week one and then be ready to unleash him in game week two. Now, all that depends on Sancho. You know, I think if Sancho comes in, that changes things for Greenwood. He's not going to probably start every week then. But if Sancho doesn't come in, you know, 100%, he's going to be in my team. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Again, I'm kind of skewed from this football index and footstock bias. I don't know how much the general FPL fan knows about Sancho or knows about, I don't know, all these young English players. But for me, it's such an exciting time. I know a lot of these viewers will be from England. I mean, with Trent Alexander-Arnold arguably being the best English talent in generations. Do you know, with Sancho, I don't know how much he's watched him. He's outstanding. Outstanding. And Greenwood is one of the most promising players I've ever seen as well. But Sancho will definitely oust him of that right wing position. And I can see Greenwood then becoming kind of the utility man who switches yeah. in as Marshall. Um, impact off the bench, yeah. Exactly. Impact off the bench or utility man if someone's injured. But I've put him in there because I think what could very easily happen here is it's going to be a scramble to get the likes of Bruno and De Bruyne in from game week two, three onwards. And, I mean, as we all seen last season finished, everyone wanted triple United, double United minimum up front and midfield because they were they were outstanding going forward. And I think it could be a rush to do that. So to save myself some transfers, especially with those first 11 fixtures for United before they start reaching, going against Man City, Sheffield's actually put in as a hard here in terms of FPL's actual... FDR, the fixture difficulty rating. Um, I think you know, Greenwood could be great value there. I do. Obviously, that's subject to change if Sancho signs or if he gets injured preseason or something. But yeah, we've got him in Mark. Um, enough on that. So with twenty eight million left, with four players, that's roughly seven million per player. Right. So you've got to before you do anything else, you've got to bang in a four point five million forward if you're going to go three five two. Or or a you know a four four two kind of hybrid, so you don't need a third striker. Mm, so don't I won't even bother going five million. Go proper bottom boot. Ah, uh, you, you want to you need every penny this for this squad. So you see that, and that's something I would have done differently myself. I probably would have went five million just you know just in case and stuck in someone like Obafemi or Obafemi's really the only one there that might actually get some game time. Um, but four and a half, I don't know. The only one there, there's only four of them. Davis, well, he'll get some game time. I think he's probably the front runner there as well. Um, he's the one I've got. It depends again on Villa what they do in the transfer market. If they if they buy a striker, you know he might not get much game time. He should he should still get some time off the bench. I think I was very impressed by him towards the end of last season. I thought he did well up front on his own. I thought he was better than the other guys they have, particularly you know holding up the ball. So if Villa don't sign a striker, he could actually be their number one striker this season. I wouldn't be surprised to see that. So um, at the, again. 
when you're paying 4.5 million for a forward, you're not going to get much. You just want them to get some minutes to get you that one or two points if you ever need them as your, your third sub. Exactly. You want them to come on just have a point or two points and anything else is a fucking bonus. And uh, mainly you just want them to hold his value as well. You don't want him to start heading towards 4.2 and 4.1. Yeah, exactly. So in terms of forwards, then we'll try and get a couple of them in and then we'll maybe go back and see what we've left for the last midfielder. Uh, I don't know with with going with the the three five two. What's the priciest striker you can realistically afford here? I have twenty three point five left with three players to go. Realistically, you're probably looking at uh, you're probably not going to be able to squeeze Werner in now. Yeah, you could try it, but I doubt it. Look, will we maybe finish off midfield and see how that leaves see us? See what's left. So, do you know what? What'll I have to spend? So I've got a twelve, two twelves, Greenwood, Saint Maximin. Spend all your money in midfield and just buy yourself a Benteke and an Andy Carroll to finish <laughs> off then. <laughs> oh, it could happen very quick. Right, let me do the maths here. Do you know, to go for like, what, two, seven, eight million guys, two, eight million guys would leave me seven and a half for the midfielder. That's maybe not good enough. If I could if I could go six, six and a half in the midfielder and be somewhat satisfied, that might leave me some options. Phil Foden, he won't be starting the first game week, kind of like Greenwood, so that could leave me fucked. Yeah, it's probably a bit too much to go uh, for you know, a, a Greenwood and a Foden on the bench in game week one. You're probably leaving yourself a bit light then. Brewster, 4.5. Hope he gets a move, says James Smith. FPL Dave's in the house. How are you, FPL Dave? He's a streamer. Go and check out his YouTube. After this, don't go leaving us. Charlie Jenner's here. Go for Harvey Barnes. Love Harvey Barnes, man. Got him. What price is he? I think he's seven. Seven. He's, uh, he's in my thought. He wasn't in my thoughts until today, until i seen the fixtures. Oh, he is a seven million. Look, we'll put him in, but he's first to get downgraded if we need some. If we need point five for a forward, right? Because I do like Barnes myself. I had him a good bit of last season when he had his wee purple patch, and he's done me a solid. Right, who's the like absolute worst we can go for up front here? In the kind of what, six and a half. There's going to be a few decent six and a halfs, are there? There is a few decent six and a halfs. I think there's a decent six as well. I'll let you pick them out yourself. Right, let me see. Can I pick out the decent six? Well, the, the one top of the list kind of jumps out at me straight off the bat. There's another one there. Okay, I'll name a few that jump out at me. Please tell me I get it. Enkeria, if he's getting game time, first two game weeks, nice fixtures. He got a lot of game time towards the end of last season. Rotation um, risk, I'd probably stay away from him. Yeah, okay, fair. The Mitrovic, the decent first three. Arsenal didn't exactly have promising on defence. Do you know, he's... Films me. He was a great goal scorer for them last season. So Mitrovic maybe potential. Blake Gale was in good form. No, he wasn't. Was he? Was he in form? He was scoring goals, wasn't he? Plays for Newcastle again though. Ah, uh, yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Under pressure here. No, not. No, joking. you've got him. You've got him. You said Mitrovic already. Oh, did I? It was him. Is he? Is he? I think. Him? I think he is potentially a GM at six million. I thought he'd be six point five. He was frustrating a couple of seasons ago. I think he started very well. I think he only ended up on 11 goals for the season. I think he was 6.5 that year. But, you know, he's an older, more mature player now. Uh, I think it was 26 goals last year. So he's, he's he's just a goal scorer. And I think first 8, 9, 10 fixtures for Fulham are not too bad. So I do like him at 6. Do you know what? You sold him to me. Because, you know, I actually, believe it or not, everyone, I have a, have a shirt signed by him behind me. Now, it's not just a Mitrovic shirt. It's a football, like football Index sponsored their training kit last year. So, we Fulham shirt there. Mitrovic's signature's there. I think it's a sign. 
There you go. You have to. You have to keep him now. <gasps> Would you believe, sir? I have ten and a half left for my last forward. Forward. Wow, you've done well then. How have I done that? Jeez, I've really been pinching pennies. Right, I've ten and a half for my next, my last, my last player. Oh, who's your name? Your five midfielders for me again. Barnes, Greenwood, Maximin, Salah, and Aubameyang. Ah, right. Okay, so you have two premiums in midfield. Then. Two premiums, but here, if I went Barnes to someone like Son, how much would I be left for up front? What do you think of Son? He's in my latest draft. Let me see. If I go Barnes to Son, that leaves me eight point five for up top. Which now you've got some. Me... Now you've got some nice options at eight point five. But it, yeah, it leaves me a mill off Werner. That's probably not happening. But eight point five. Danny Ings is the one who jumps right out at me. There's probably Jimenez or Ings. Both, I think both are good price at eight point five. Jimenez or Ings. I like him. Both, at, both, okay. um, both have good fixtures as well. So it's a bit of a toss up between those two. Sheffield, Man City, West Ham, Fulham, Leeds, Newcastle, Palace for him and his God. Danny Ings, I think, is the one for me, though. He did me a solid last year, apart from that penalty he missed at the end of the season. It cost me like 20k in my overall rank, but we'll not talk about that now, Mark, or I might cry on a live stream. Um, anyway, Crystal Palace away, fancy a goal. Tottenham, Burnley, West Brom. Danny Ings is in, so we've literally spent the budget perfectly. You can't see this, but I'll run you through it quickly. So yeah. again, goalkeepers. It was a couple. Someone came in midstream and kind of questioned the goalkeepers. I have said they're they're probably we were talking about it at the start. They're probably the toughest position we think this year. I'm still not decided. There, there will be some tinkering under this, I imagine. But Ryan and Button are in locked. Well, not not locked in, but they're in nets. Trent and Doherty for me are locked in. Ferguson, Salisu, and Justin are the budget sort of enablers. Aubameyang and Salah. Must have game week one, arguably. Obviously, everything's up for debate, like, but two solid premium midfielders. I like Hume and Son, some decent fixtures. Greenwood there will be probably benched, well, will be benched first week. Um, but what a player. St. Maximin speaks for himself. The, the, the dribbling is just insane. Davis at 4.5. Mitrovic could be like the, the Michu, the Charlie Austin, the guys of old, the, the the budget striker who just keeps scoring, hopefully, and Danny Ings. I think that's a solid enough team, Mark. I think you've got a good uh, good platform there. So see how the, how the preseason goes. A few injuries to throw a few spanners in the works. I think you've got international games as well. I think the week before the season, which mm. is, we don't usually have that. So that could be... Uh, a bit of an annoying as well for us. It could be annoying in terms of injuries. It could be annoying in terms of a lot of things. It might be nice to see some players in form, maybe get comments out of managers, which give us some information. Yeah, I suppose it gives us an extra game or two to see them in action. George Butler says, Chelsea not taking your fancy. That would be a concern, the lack of Chelsea. Uh, I mean, Timo Werner would be lovely to have. I just don't know. I really want to see ZH in action. I, I mean, I, I think Werner will be right. I think Werner will fit in. I think Werner will come out the box flying, personally. I think ZH, while I think I really rate him and he was outstanding at Ajax, I just personally would like to see him play in the Premier League a wee bit before I go jumping in there. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I wouldn't feel comfortable having ZH in my team. I'm probably I not. usually um I usually do that as well with with new players to the league. I like to see them myself first, see how they settle in. You know, are they going to be you know playing ninety minutes every week, stuff like that. I think I agree with you. I think Werner will be great, but it's just quite hard to get him if you're going to go that little bit more in defence and in midfield. It's quite hard to get him in there as well. Mm. Ross F. I actually just said to me here, and 
he said to me, John, you love Saka. He's five and a half. Saka someone I highly rate on Football Index. I have a lot of money on him. And same on Footstock. I have a lot of Saka. I really love Saka as a young up-and-coming player. I'm surprised I completely overlooked him, actually. Yeah, I think he's a good price as well. I thought he might have come in a bit half. higher. He's only five and a half. Which, but, you know, these are the tinkerings that can happen over time. Uh, before, do you know what, Mark? Uh, we'll probably switch over to just me and you on the face cam very soon and do a bit of a Q&A sort of thing and, and just chat FPL to everyone listening. What I'll ask you all to do, who's uh, I hate doing this pluggy thing, but guys, you just know what streams are about. You know we do this stuff. Do me a favour. If you're enjoying this content, you've probably never heard of me. You're probably some FPL lover who's here for the general. But hit subscribe. You'll help me out. I'll hopefully do more things like this very soon. Hit subscribe. And you know what the thing is, Mark? People don't do it unless you ask them. It's just like the like thing. We're up to 67 now from giving out to them. Only two more people would get us to 69. And I know you're all... to keep, uh, keep at them. They're all like... I know they're a bunch of creepy bastards, Mark, and they want that to hit 69. So I know that'll hit there in no time. <laughs> but other than that, I suppose the only last thing I'd ask people to do is maybe go and give us a shout out. If you're watching this for the first time and you're enjoying the show, stick it out on your Twitter, your Facebook, your Instagram, wherever you can. Try and get some more FPL lovers over. And that's the end of the plug, and you'll be glad to hear. So that's the team. Mark, do you want to like, so, maybe talk us through your, your first draft? Is it? Not far off. You obviously had a big influence on me there. There were probably few that I, I really. Went I knew to. that would. I knew that would happen. I was trying not to sway it too much. Again, I haven't given this too much thought yet. But what are we? Three weeks out, roughly. It's it's quite similar to yours. Um, it has the Abamyang Salah Greenwood son midfield mm-hmm. um, instead of your Sat Maximin. I've got Stuart Armstrong. Same price. I think those two could be quite similar this season. Up front, I think it's the same. It's Mitrovic, it's Davis, but instead of your Danny Ings, it's Jimenez. Goalkeepers are the same. Again, like I said, that will change. And defensively, Trent, Doherty, Walker-Peters, Justin at Leicester, and the boy Ferguson. So we're, we're on the same page, I would say. Yeah. I've just got a comment there from LH. And sorry, guys, I know there's just so many of you, which is amazing, but we are skipping over some. Kane Cronin's in the house. He finished 27th overall last year, first Irish finisher. Meal for two with a hairy view. That's what this is. Um, LH has said, might have missed it. What was the reason behind no Vinagre? 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 I think we covered that. Was it potential new signing, maybe? Might be Aye, potential, potential new signing from Napoli, I think. And also, I just, I just, Doherty's my favourite FPL player, so I don't mind paying an extra 1.5 for him. I think Doherty will be. Will be worth the six million this season. Yeah. So, I, again, I'm not. I haven't really gone with both for the start. Yeah, that's if they don't sign a, another left wing back. Well, that's the thing. Johnny's out for a long time. I think he did his ACL. So Vanagre yeah. will no doubt come into that role until he's either back. If he's ever back, the same. And I hate saying that about footballers, but the ACL is a killer. I didn't uh, just late last year. Um, but the Vinagre, yeah, he should be in unless they sign someone, you'd imagine. So look, I I, I don't not rate him as a pick. I just really like Justin at Leicester with Pereira out. I, I want a Southampton defender and as we talked about already, we'll not rehash it. Salisu, if he can nail down that spot, I mean, you'd be laughing. Ferguson, we'll see if he starts. But anyway, we've been through all this. We'll be jump over to the kind of dual camera thing. Let's hope this all works. And oh god, I've got like three things for this, right guys? You might you might see something embarrassing here. I don't know. Let's go. Will this work? Boom. Now this is a wee bit pluggy in your face. It's not intended to be. I'll hide the wee plug at the top there. Um, do, 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 do. Woohoo. Alright, here we are. Now the cameras are probably a wee bit smaller than they need to be, but it's just me and you, handsome. Just me and you sitting staring at a bunch of people. Like a, um, it's like a date. It's like a date. That's it, yeah. 
It's the strangest date I've ever been on. <laughs> Probably the most interesting one, actually. Um, apart from one with my girlfriend who might be watching. It was the best first date ever, honey. Um, okay, so look, guys, if you want to just start banging in some, some questions for us, look, I know there'll probably be an abundance of them, and I really appreciate that. We'll try and get around them all, um, well, as many of them as we can, and it won't be selective. I'm not going to sit and look through, and I'm just going to pick ones I see. So, FPL Dave, no Kane, no Aguero. What's the chat on the cheaper price point for them? Yeah, it's um, what are they? Ten point five million. So it's you know if the two squads we've got there, you're going to have to you know make up a bit of cash somewhere. Uh, I suppose an option is is taking Sun out and going for Kane instead of Sun, or or you know um, Aguero. Aguero again, I can't believe he's only ten point five million. I think it's the cheapest he's been in in his ten seasons in the Premier League. It's but Gabriel Jesus, it just always puts me off him. I I, I like my players to play. 80, 90 minutes every week, and I don't think Aguero will, so I prefer the midfielders there. The thing the thing with Kane for me is, am I right in saying this will be Mourinho's second season at Spurs, or is this going to be his third? I would say it'll be his last, whether you're right or wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's say, I think it's his second, I could be wrong, okay? Um, someone watching will, will let us know, I'm sure. I remember before he went to United anyway, he had this mirac- miraculous track record of every second season he fucking did the business. If he can bring that to Spurs, he's obviously been quoted in the media. There was a whole big debacle at the end of last season about can Kane score goals and Mourinho. And he was like, I'll tell you some stories. Ronaldo, you may have heard of him. Million goals. Zlatan, you might have heard of him. 40,000 goals. Da, 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 da. Do you remember that? I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah. It's not out of the question that Kane just bangs. It's it's not out of the question. At 10.5, he could end up 11.5 to the end of the season. I just don't like. I mean, my team's not Neil by any means, but I think towards the end of the season, Son looked as dangerous as he did, and for one and a half million less, that's just where my money's going. Yeah, I think if it was <laughs> any other manager in charge of Spurs, I'd be a lot more interested in Son and Kane. It's just Mourinho. It's he's happy to win one nil. You know, if he goes one nil up, he'll he'll park the bus. You know, it's there's a lot of other teams. You know, you've got your Chelsea, who so will just go all out attack. So you know, I'd rather players from Chelsea than I would Spurs for that reason. LH is taking a piss out of me saying he forgot that Mourinho was Russian. It was my best goal to Portuguese accent, guys. You'll have to forgive me. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. Who is a dangerous player for West Brom from Charlie Jannar? Is there any? Says, uh, is there one? Says Gary Brown. This is over. the part of the stream where I, where I pretend to know anything about West Brom. <laughs> Go on. I, I'll, I'll burn you some time just by saying random the, words. Um, like <laughs> I did a I did a wee podcast for during during the lockdown for my for my patrons covering it was Leeds and West Brom they were both in the top two positions at the time so it looked like they were coming up the, the one I remember from West Brom was the guy Pereira and they've signed him permanently now I think he got a lot of assists in the championship last season he's coming at six million if my memory serves me correctly it was Sporting Lisbon I think it was somewhere in Portugal he came from and um, so he's probably the most interesting at West Brom but. Overall, looking at their squad, I think it's a pretty weak squad, and I think they will struggle big time this season. So they're probably a team to avoid. Um, strikers in particular, Robson Canu, Charlie Austin, Kenneth Zahor, they're all kind of either past it or kind of failed previous Premier mm. League players. So, yeah, I think Pereira is probably the only one, really, that I would have any interest in, but I won't be going for any of them in, in game week one. A question I'm just looking back through here that I actually kind of like. There's one from FPL, Rubber Ducky. Would you not think 
about picking three 12 million midfielders because I would allow you to downgrade easily when while picking up potential Hall's game week one and two. And not necessarily just that, but even like if it was a 12 or 12 and a 10 or 12 12 and an 11, because I am going to want Bruno and De Bruyne, I think. Now, Aubameyang can go, but let's say he bangs two hat tricks. I don't want rid of him, but I kind of have to get rid of him then to get him one of the other guys. I could end up with a, a nightmare trying to get Aye. someone in. I'm going to have to get rid of probably Son if my. That's what me and you. That's what me and you need to think about the way we've set up here. It's all great in saying, right? I've got Aubameyang, I've got Salah, I want Bruno, and I want Kevin De Bruyne after a couple of weeks. But like you say, if Aubameyang is banging them in, you're not going to sell them. Salah, you're probably not going to sell them either. So how do you get these guys in? Or it mm. might be a case of I'm actually going to have to decide between them. I can only have a. Man City midfielder or a Bruno Fernandez, so it's, I think it's very important for people when you're setting up your game week one team. You've kind of got to map out what your plan is going to be. Game week two, game week three, and you know which players do you want to have long term. You know your case, John. You're saying you're you're a big fan of Bruno. You want to have him. You know most of the season. So you you've got Greenwood there. You know you're going to bench him in game week one. So maybe you, you could even do that with um, with Bruno. Maybe instead of Greenwood, if yeah. he's your priority from United, just get. Bruno, bench him the first week, and then you have him for the season. And then, it, mm. you know, if that leaves you, maybe you're a Bamiang to Kevin De Bruyne then in a couple of weeks' time. So it's, I think these are the things we all need to weigh up going into the first game week. And the headaches have officially started. This is why I didn't make a draft two weeks ago, or a week ago, however long it was. A couple of questions here. Uh, one is about, well, we'll do that one next, actually. There's people asking about Fulham assets. Um, not sorry, is it Fulham? No, it was Leeds. Leeds people are asking about... Josh Havel says, anyone think Jack Harrison would be a good punt? Is there anyone at Leeds jumps out of you? Now, I do rate Jack Harrison massively as a footballer. and I haven't looked into his actual goal and assist output. I just know from like a, like in terms of, what am I trying to say here? He's a Man City player, isn't he? Yeah, so he's obviously, it's, he's obviously quality. His potential, and I know he had a few really influential performances for them last season, but I'm not sure about his actual output. I haven't looked at that, so I don't really want to recommend him too hard, but Bamford obviously was a bit of a goal scorer for them, but I think he, he got about a million chances and fucked up half of them, I was told by someone. Is there anyone that jumps out of your leads up top and then we'll maybe move on to another another team? Yeah, it's probably, again, you know, I'm someone who, I watch so many Premier League games that I, I never have time to watch championship games. And I, I just, honestly, I don't really have much interest in the championship anyway. So when it comes to FPL and when the new teams come up, you'll very, very rarely find a, you know, championship player in my team for game week one it's usually a case of giving them a couple of weeks and running the eye test over them myself because I wouldn't have watched much of them before so I don't I don't know much about Harrison I don't think I've ever seen him actually play so mm. I'll never buy a player if I've never never seen them play yeah. Bamford I would expect Leeds to buy in that position so may not be number one come September 12th so I think with Leeds I think they play Liverpool and City in the first four games so it's Probably a stay away from me. I think the value is going to be in defence there. Goalkeeper, there's talk that this guy Messler is going to be the first choice. He's another 4.5 option for us. Mm. We mentioned Ailing, we mentioned Dallas. So, yeah, it's, I think it's probably defensively Wills are going to be the value. Big shout out to Tom Moriarty. I see him in the crowd. I had pints with him last last November, the week FPL meetup. There's a bunch of other people there Ashley Van Stone, uh, Ryan Nyland. Alexander Myron, I've probably called out a lot of you already. There's some great questions amongst them. But a topic which someone's brought up there, who was it? Someone said thoughts about starting this season. It was Alexander Myron. We actually have really swerved a lot of conversation, I suppose, about Man United and Man City in many ways because of the lack of a first fixture. Um, 
forget about the other two teams that aren't playing there really on top of the list. But Man City this year, do you know, I love Mares. He's at a decent price, but it's rotation. But when he's on, he can get you 20 points, no bother. De Bruyne, for me, is nailed on. He's probably one of the only players that is nailed on. I think Sterling gets either the most or second most minutes behind him other than Ederson or something like that. Sterling is a player that hasn't been discussed. Will you? What are your thoughts on De Bruyne? I don't know if I may be just crazy biased and love him. Um, I think everyone loves him after last season a bit, but would you be considering Sterling over De Bruyne or would it be a question of both or would it be a question of neither? What, what are your thoughts on the premium Man City midfield? I don't think it'll be a question of both because, it's quite simply, if you, ha- if you have both, you've got to sacrifice a Salah or an Aubameyang or a Bruno. And I'd rather probably have a spread, mm. one of each. Um, I find it absolutely crazy that Sterling is 6.5% owned. Ridiculously low. I mean, this guy this guy can get 300 points. You know, he's he's had a few massive seasons. He was very good after the restart as well. But I think it's just the fact that KDB had such a good season last year that we're probably overlooking Sterling. Um, I do think De Bruyne is underpriced as well, though, at 11.5. I agree with you. I think he's the best midfielder in the world. I just love watching him. You know, I'm a Man United fan, so it's not easy for me to say that. But he's just a he's a fantastic player and he's a fantastic FPL asset when he's fully fit and he's fully firing. But saying that, I think there's an opportunity there for people if you're you know, it's I don't usually look at ownership percentages, but it's you know, De Bruyne's at fifty two percent at the minute. Sterling's at six point five. That's a massive difference. If you if you go Sterling first couple of weeks, obviously he doesn't play game week one, but let's say the first four or five weeks and you captain him a couple of times. And let's say De Bruyne has a quiet start. You know, he's, he's had quiet starts before. Um, I remember a lot of people had him two or three years ago and the first couple of weeks he was playing quite deep. Didn't do anything. And a lot of people sold him then. So mm. I think Sterling could be a massive differential. Uh, and I, I'm not set on De Bruyne over Sterling at the moment. You see, in my head, I just am. And I know it's wrong because it, it's that question, I think, because so many people have De Bruyne, you could get yourself behind very quickly if, if Raheem Sterling blows cold. And he blows cold way too often for my liking. But equally, but on the flip side, you, you could can be, get yourself quite far ahead. Exactly, has a quiet start, and Sterling's on fire. And Sterling does tend to start well. So, yeah, it's uh, it depends, I guess, on what kind of manager you are. You are. If you want to be a kind of patient, boring manager, you want to stick with a pack, <laughs> or if you want to be, if you want to be brave, go out all guns blazing game week one. Get Sterling, you know, get uh, get Mane over Salah. There's a lot of ways to play this game. I see what you're very, doing. It's going to be Mark, very interesting. I'm calling in you out, you scumbag. I see what you're doing, guys. You know what he's doing here? This fucker's going for De Bruyne, and he's saying, if you want to pick De Bruyne, play the safe option, be the sheep, stay with the pack, be a shite bag. Do you know you can do that? But if you want to pick Sterling, be brave, be a rogue, be the master of your own team, go Sterling, and then he's going to pick De Bruyne, and he's going to get the fucking... I can see it. There's only one reason I'm here tonight, John. It's to lead you down paths like the Mitrovic path <laughs> and the San Maximan path. <laughs> you motherfucker. You'll see my team in game week one and it'll be yeah. very different to you. <laughs> scumbag. Absolute scumbag. Anyway, any more questions? Uh, Mario's question mark. We kind of discussed him briefly, but we didn't really discuss him. It, it's just the rotation risk with, with much of City. In terms of their defence, I mean, Joe Cancelo has kind of nailed himself on in some kind of way recently. With the Champions League games and stuff, but, but you can't call it nailed on with Pep. I mean, there's there's such Zinchenko mandate left back at right back. He's competing with Kyle Walker. There's yeah. probably another left even, back. Even I think Ake could even play left back at times Do you think? this coming season. Yeah, I think he's. He, I think anyone can play left back for City. Really, you don't have to do too much defending. Mm-hmm. He's, he's left footed, so um, 
again, it feels like Laporte is the only safe one, really, apart from Ederson and six million. You know, they, you know, every, every time we watch them, they don't convince me defensively. See, not in the Champions League again as well. So, I think money is yeah. probably better spent elsewhere. And, you know, get yourself a couple of Man City attackers rather than getting a defender. Well, look, he's heard it here. For, no, well, probably not first. Actually, this is one of those things everyone seems to talk about. Maybe it's just on football index and footstock, but Cancelo looks like. And some of the comments Pep's made, he could become a kind of relatively nailed on wing back that we've been crying out for from City for years for attacking returns. Could happen. Bear probably in mind. Won't happen. Watch list. <laughs> probably won't happen. That's fucking Pep, isn't it? Um let me see. Rashford, Sterling, Mount Mane, seriously overlooked. Well, I suppose we've discussed the the Salamane debate. We've talked about Mount a bit, we've talked about Sterling. Rashford is one of those. Do you know when you've got Marshall, Bruno, and Greenwood beside him? all it takes is a game week or two like he had after the restart of blanks and people kind of you're kind of just shafted to an extent I haven't looked at his ownership at the minute but do you like in terms of hierarchy of let, let's play a little game the four United assets take the prices out of the equation even though obviously it's a thing but the four United assets if you had to rank them in terms of how much you rate them as players like or for FPL Bruno you, you know their names FPL wise this season, I would probably say I'd be quite tempted to put uh, Greenwood number one, but I'll say Bruno number one. I'll say Greenwood number two, Rashford three, Martial four. Martial but four. There's very little between <clears throat> any of those guys. I think if we could have four Man United players and they had a run of good fixtures, you probably would have four of them. You know, it's mm. they're all very very good fantasy assets. The thing with Bruno is the penalties again, you know, and that's just what the exactly tips the we just we just get so many of them. And what I like about Bruno is, I think he's capable of of never missing a penalty the way he takes them. <laughs> the wee jump thing, the yeah. keepers can't get near him. So until they figure him out, you know, when he gets a penalty, you're locking in probably seven or eight points. Yeah, exactly. Now there was talks. I think it was after the restart. There was two penalties in one game. Bruno took one. One was given, but then it was taken away for VAR, and he confirmed after the game Rashford would have taken that penalty. It'll be interesting what happens in terms of FPL transfers in and out. The first time Rashford takes a penalty, if he does, or if Rashford's off and Pogba takes one or something crazy, you know, United in their penalties, like. Um, yeah, I just, I just think Bruno's too good at them not to take every one of them. So. I would expect them to take all of them next season. So it will be interesting to see what happens if, if, if Rashford does take one or two. Uh, obviously, that makes him a better option as well. But I hope as a United fan that Bruno just takes them all. Yeah, me too. Uh, just another game. Again, just one last time, guys. I really appreciate you all being here. It's an, it's an outstanding night for the YouTube channel. And thanks again to, to Mark for joining me. If you can, please do subscribe. There's a lot of great sort of streams I do. I'm a big live streamer. I don't create too much just video content. That might change. There are a lot of live streams in this channel if you do like them. I imagine if you're here, you do. So subscribe if you can for me. It would be much appreciated. And you're going to get something back for it. Like, do you know, it's not like I'm begging you. Do you know, I put out good content. And drop a like. So, Mark, there we go. There's another plug. Jeez, I hate having to do that, but it's just one of those things you have to do. Do you do it much in any of your podcasts or anything? I do. I, it's, it's, it's never... Uh... It's never something you feel comfortable doing, no. but I think when you're in the industry, you've got to you've got to self promote. That's it. You just have to be you have to self promote like fuck. So, Eero Oik Aranen. There's some weird names around YouTube that I find hard to pronounce, and some of them like I wonder is Eero Oik Aranen. Let me know if you know who you are. 
where are you from or what what where's that name from or what, i've never seen it in my life or is this just some name that like playstation assigned you when you were 14 There's a lot of those around what about arsenal's fullback bellerin or tierney tierney looked outstanding towards the very end of the season again injury prone what's his price looking like and arsenal's defense is the only issue but five five for tierney what do you think there I was really hoping he would come in at five. If he was in at five, he would definitely be in my thoughts. I think he's capable of going on and becoming a very, very good FPL fullback, you know, similar to, to Robertson. Probably won't get the clean sheets, but I think in an attacking sense, he can get a lot of assists, he can get goals. Um, so I really like him. I, the thing I don't like about him is he plays for Arsenal. He's got <laughs> David Luiz beside him, and he's yeah. relying on, on him to get you clean sheets. So five million, I would have been interested. 5.5, probably a wait and see. Uh, Bellerin's five he's been in and out of the team a lot over the last couple of years so again will he be a first choice probably but who knows yeah I know there's a guy Dan Jackknife in the crowd who has quite a contrarian football index trading strategy guys what he does is he likes to buy vegans because he thinks they're going to perform better he's an, he's an avid vegetarian I believe maybe you're not actually a vegetarian Dan doesn't matter but he would be all for buying Bellerin because he's diehard like Loves being a vegan. I was actually a vegetarian for a year and a half, only at meat like three weeks ago. Anyway, that's a side story. We'll not digress there, Mark. The tyranny argument. Someone came in on that. Missed it. We'll move on. That's actually a headache. Do you know what that is? That's like Ireland, except in a more extreme version. Uh, I don't know if you're a big Northern Ireland fan or an Ireland fan, but the Matt Doherty Coleman debate is a f- two best Ireland players there are. It's a killer, like. And now Scotland and the same, have tyranny same and Robertson. As well. They've got all the left backs. And even England have all the right backs, you know, Trent, Wambasaka, there's a million more. It's it's insane, really. Um oh, Eero Oikarinen is from Finland. Pookie Party was nice for him. There you are. Good man yourself. Will you give a shout out to Phil Mabot? Oh god, he got me, Mark. Gotcha. He <laughs> fucking got me. Bart Simpson's in the crowd. Okay. If Sancho comes, the Sancho bandwagon will start even ahead of Bruno, nine to ten million. Even ahead of Bruno, nine to ten million. What 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 price do you think Sancho will come in at? I don't know how much you've seen of him. Yeah, again, don't watch too much of the other leagues, so not as much as probably you've seen of him. Um, but I would expect probably probably around the nine point five to ten million. What's mm-hmm. Bruno? Or Bruno's ten five, so I think maybe nine five ten. Yeah, and I think it would be good if he joined because it would give you another midfield option at United just to to bring Bruno's ownership down a bit uh, and just have that mm-hmm. little bit more variety for the game. Yeah, I think I think that's a good price point. With Timo Werner coming in at nine point five, I think another prolific goal scorer coming in from from Germany nine and a half ten sounds about right. Mm. Um, let me see what else have we got here. Pretty confused if I should just keep Aubameyang with Salah or keep Ziyech and Son with Salah. Views that's from Jai. Say that one again. So he's pretty confused whether he should keep Aubameyang and Salah or obviously split up those funds a bit. Keep Salah. Get rid of Aubameyang and have Ziyech and Son. He's obviously, I don't know where his other two midfielders are going. Yeah, I would just keep uh, keep the two big guys. I think Aubameyang yeah. and Salah look very good to begin with. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And I think obviously the ownerships are so big you could fall behind. But again, as we discussed, that differential, the likes of Sterling, you could propel yourself to top ten k very quickly if if things go right. Uh, very quick one. Give us one word: Werner, Aguero, Kane, or Martial. Werner. Ooh, yeah, I don't uh, usually go for new players to the league, but I think this guy's underpriced given mm. his previous record. I, I think he'll hit the ground running. Will he be on penalties at Chelsea? 
I think there's a good chance he could be. William's gone, isn't he? So yeah. I think he could he could get them. Yeah. Like, like, William been gone could have mounted some more set pieces too. Yeah, or has taken penalties, hasn't he? So he's yeah, another option. Yeah, is probably a good cross for the ball too. He could be on a lot of the free kicks. Set pieces, yeah. Uh, Adam, in we, we'll get another few of these in. Maybe go for another five or ten minutes here, Mark. If you're happy enough. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, so let me see, Adam, in here's a question about strategy and not players. How do you guys plan ahead during the season? Do you look at blocks of fixtures, etc.? That's a good question. We're, we're going very player focused here. Any more strategy questions would be great, guys. Yeah, for me, particularly in game week one, I'm probably looking at a block, probably six to eight weeks, um, especially when I, I don't really want to play my wild card early. Now, if I was playing my wild card early, I'd be just looking at the first two, three, four weeks. But I don't want to play it early, so I, I look at probably the first six to eight game weeks. Um, but then after that, I tend to... I don't plan very far ahead. I know a lot of people like to map out their transfers for the next two, three, four weeks, but... They never, they never stay like that. You know, injuries occur, form changes, a lot changes in FPL from from week to week, even from a Saturday to a Sunday in FPL, a lot changes. So, I, a lot of the time, I I work week to week. Um, I will have a kind of a broader strategy of which players I want to get in at certain points. A lot of my decisions are based around captaincy as well. I think it's something I need to improve on this season because uh, it was it wasn't great last year. But yeah, it's usually at the start. I'm probably thinking more long term. And a lot of the time when I'm building the Game Week 1 squad, I try to build it with players that I hope I can keep for the season. You know, I don't buy a player. I'm going to, I don't say I'm going to buy a player, hopefully, and keep him for five or six weeks and move him on because I don't like using transfers. I use as few transfers as possible over the course of a season. So I'm yeah. always thinking long-term when I buy a player. I hope I'll be able to keep him you know, for the season if he does well. It's nice because I had a point in my head I wanted to throw at you there, and this segues nicely into about the lack of transfers you like to make. Last season was my best finish. I didn't really take FPL too seriously for me the first two, 10 years and then had a bad season, a decent season, uh, 52, 53k, something like that. And what I did really different this season was I really tried to avoid minus four hits, minus eight hits. I used to be a fiend for minus eights and they never yeah. fucking worked out. I mean, they do occasionally, occasionally you get the miracle, but that's an awful lot of points to have to overhaul, even minus four. I mean, the chances of, if you, if you get rid of Salah for Manny in a week, and, and I know that's a crazy transfer and a crazy example that probably isn't, reflective of what people actually do but that kind of like-ish for like-ish based on a fixture transfer on a forward you're looking like, there's a goal in the difference there like do, how much do you scrimp on on point hits yeah for me it's um my overall strategy going into last season was minimize transfers so that was that was my overall strategy last season just make as few transfers as possible save a transfer as often as possible so you have them two free ones you know as, as often as possible because you have so much more flexibility then Last season, I, I think I took, it was either three or four minus fours. So never took a minus eight or, or anything bigger. So it was a minus 12 or a minus 16 altogether last season. And that's pretty standard for me, probably four or five hits over the course of a season. And quite often those hits, I think every time I took a hit last season, I made three transfers. So it was two free ones and a minus four, you know, many wild cards. So you're, you're actually changing quite a bit of your team there. So yeah, I always try and minimise. And I, I think what it does is it forces you to be more patient with players you bought for a reason. You know, you bought, yeah. when you bring in a player, you buy him because he's a good option. If you make a lot of transfers, you're only going to get annoyed then when he gets you the points once you sell him. So it, it forces you to be, to be more patient. Um, and I'm always, you know, from week to week, I'm, I'm always trying to improve the weakest link in the team is kind of the way I play it. And that way you avoid the hits then. 
in many ways football index that i trade on quite actively is very much it's very similar to that in terms of quite often people buy players for a reason they buy players based on upcoming fixtures they buy them based on um form they buy them based on upcoming milestones in their career it's a bit different fpl because you're not that we're kind of going down the, the price rise route but definitely in terms of form and fixtures you buy players for a reason and they get one blank and people throw the toys out of the pram and get rid of them and then Aye, they, for, and they forget they forget why they bought them in the first place exactly you know and then and they they're wondering why they're annoyed then when he when he goes off the next game week you know it's that idea exactly Exactly. I think that patience is huge and it's something that I definitely want to bring into FPL for me next season. I, I really was disciplined this season. I, I could go back and check, but I really didn't use that many transfers compared to previous seasons. I was a killer with it. And I actually, I remember, would you believe, going into the last game week one year and a relatively big paid league. I mean, for me, it was like 500 quid to the winner. Me and the other guy who were streets ahead of everyone else were level going into the last game week. And I took the minus four hit to make Manny Alley at Delhi Alley or something. This was two or three seasons ago. And it, I lost by two points. And it just was kind of like, I think it was around then. That might have been the season before last. I was like, right, that's it. That's me done with this shit. <laughs> Stay patient, big man. Uh, the way I think about hits as well is we know when we play FPL how hard it is to get points in the first place. I mean, you can have an amazing 11 players, an amazing captaincy on paper for the game week, and you can score 26 points. Mm. You know, it's. I think we work hard, so hard to get those points. I don't like to throw them away very easily then. You know, four yeah. points, eight points. I look at that as you're throwing them away to your rivals. You know, if you lose your mini league by three points at the end of the season, you'll be thinking, right, one less point hit, I would have won the mini league. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I look at it. I know there's a lot of people who very successfully take lots of points hits. It's, it just depends on your style as a manager. I still can't believe I got caught with Phil my butt. I still <laughs> can't believe that. Anyway, sorry, that was just the back of my head there. There's loads of great questions here. Uh, Aaron Brown mentioned he, he wanted us to pick his FPL team apart unfortunately just with logistics here we don't have stuff in front of each other uh, can't do that today Aaron but look sorry about that it's a great idea maybe next time maybe on another stream a really interesting point and I'm skipping over a lot of great questions here guys sorry but I've just seen it because obviously that's natural to look at the bottom um, Eero Oik, Oik Aaron and I'm going to struggle that all, all night Eero I'll call you Eero from now on has asked he said he took a 72 point hit now Eero you're a random guy on YouTube I don't know how much we can trust you I'm going to trust you. He says he took 72 points worth of hits and got his best overall rank so far, 5.3k. There you go. You see, it, it can be done. It's it just, just really depends on... You, you've got to hit a, lot of, uh, hit a lot of luck if you're taking a lot of hits mm. like that. Um, again, like I say, there's, that's the beauty of FPL. You know, I can play patiently, take no points hits. You could play completely aggressively, take a minus 100 over the season, and we could both finish in the top 10k. So Exactly. Ben Warswick, and this again is a one-word answer, so we'll get it done quick. And I think we've already discussed this. I'll, I'll answer mine, you answer yours. Who is the essential player for game week one for me? And I think for 90% of the community, it's Aubameyang. So I'd probably go with if you had to pick one. Yeah, well, if you're saying Aubameyang, I'll say, I'll say Trent then. Yeah, okay, that's actually good, yeah. A lot of people wouldn't maybe just think to go direct for defence there. But for me, Trent is as nailed as they come. Trent is yeah. even more nailed than Aubameyang, if that's even possible. Yeah, exactly. Um. You mentioned staying ahead of the game. In your opinion, how's best to do that, Liam Lawson? For me, what I'd recommend to Liam is, do you know, I think there's nothing better than, than listening to content like your own, Mark. Do you know, the 59th Minute Podcast and, and just trying to stay up to date with as much content as you can. Read articles, read blogs. and It's it's huge. It, it really is. You're hamstringing yourself if you're going in blind and just watching match of the day on a Saturday and making your transfers because there'll be things you miss, stats you miss, rotation risks, comments yeah, that's, managers Yeah, that's make. the beauty of... Um... 
that's the beauty of FPL content, whether it be a podcast or an article or, or looking at stats. You know, a lot of people are busy. They don't have time to watch games. So that those, um, you know, watch your match of the day and then use those other things to fill in the gaps and you know, draw, the, draw the picture for yourself, join the dots. Out of interest, as someone who's more, I, I assume, sorry, you are a full-time content creator of FPL, aren't you? You are? Yeah, full-time just, FPL, just, yeah. I knew your words didn't want to say that if you weren't. <laughs> for someone who's, how much football, Premier League football do you watch? Like, do you watch five of the games, full games a week? Do you watch one of the games full a week? Like, how many games do you watch a week? And even just from a home perspective, can you justify watching the game as work? Do you know what I mean? I, I, I have an excuse now. When I'm sitting <laughs> watching the game, I say, she'll come and say, can't you watch Home and Away? Or can she say, listen, I'm working here, the game's on. But um, Does she buy it? Does she buy that excuse? Is she, that fair? She does. She, when it's paying the bills now, she has to buy it. So she can't complain anymore. Yeah. So um, how many games do I watch? I, I watch every televised game. So I've got Sky and I've got BT. So you're talking probably uh, five games a week. But what I do usually is I'll record them because I work Monday to Friday. Uh, she's a teacher, so we like to get out at the weekend and, and do things. So I'll record the games. And then when she's at work, you know, Monday morning, Tuesday morning, that's when I'll go back and record them. I like watching them without commentary. I like pausing and rewinding and just picking out little things. Um, so, yeah, I watch I watch five Five a week, I watch match of the day as well, religiously on a, on a Saturday night or, or a Sunday morning. If I'm if I was out the night before and I'm hungover, I'll, <laughs> I'll drag myself out of bed at half eight and watch the the morning version. Yeah, um, yeah. So I watch every every Premier League game that's on TV. I'll watch it, and that's why that's why I end up not watching anything else. I, I rarely even watch Champions League nowadays because when you watch five Premier League games, you don't really have time for anything else. Well, that's it. That's it. And I, I suppose this is almost a chance for a plug as well because we're coming towards the end. But as a plug for yourself and anyone else who you feel like plugging, what sort of content do you ingest from an FPL's perspective? Or are you too busy creating it? I find myself, because I make content, do like streams and two different podcasts a week, three podcasts most weeks. Yeah, do you know I what? I've hard to fit it in. I'm, a, I'm knee deep in FPL, so I do I do consume a lot. And it's I think I probably consume too much, to be honest. You know, I, last season I was probably doing a, a podcast a day. So let's say Monday to Friday, probably listening to five podcasts a day. You know, you've got your always cheating, FML, FPL, who got the assist, you know, surgery, the hub one. There's so many good ones. I love the fantasy podcast because every one of them are different and you get a different perspective that you yeah. can think of yourself. But I think this season I'm probably going to cut back because I, I think last season my strategy was minimise transfers. I think this season my strategy is going to be reduce the noise, um, you know, less content, less listening to podcasts, you know, read less, you know, f- probably spend less time on Twitter and stuff like that because, you know, whether consciously or subconsciously, it clouds your judgment and it affects your decision. So it's just an experiment I'm going to try this season is to reduce the noise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, before that, I, I listened to loads of stuff, you know, lo- mainly podcasts and not just FPL ones as well. You know, the, the Totally Football Show, uh, things like Stats Bomb, Double Pivot Podcast. There's so many good ones you as an FPL manager. There's lots of good ones on The Athletic now as well that are really good. So yeah, I'm a big podcast man. Good stuff. I'm a big podcast man too. I, I do listen to them. I find it hard sometimes whenever you're creating those content. Like I, I, I work like, an, a, like another job, like, full-time sort of air traffic controllers what i do so i am doing 12-hour shifts at the minute because of covid they're trying to reduce contact with people so i'm in there for so long and you can't listen to them while you're sitting in an air traffic control position so a lot of my premium kind of podcast time is out the window recently but 
podcast is the way I go. Do you know, as much as I appreciate and love everyone being on YouTube and all you guys who are watching, obviously love YouTube. I'm not a massive YouTube sort of content watcher. Um, I'm a huge podcast guy. So I would recommend podcasts. is a great way to stay in, in front of the curve. But Mark, look, I think that's about all the time for it. There's, again, there's probably like literally like hundreds of questions that we couldn't get around to, which is a shame, guys. But look, I really do appreciate appreciate the engagement massively. Um, I, I'd get, You give yourself a good plug there, General. Most people probably know who you are, but let them know where they can find you or, or plug in and you want to plug maybe. I, you've been doing enough plugins, so I'll do something now then. <laughs> it's your turn. <laughs> uh, best place to find me, at FPL General on Twitter or Instagram. Um, you'll find me running the, the Fantasy Football Hub Twitter account as well. Write an article each week for The Athletic. And where else can you get me? That's, that's the main places, really. Yeah. Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash FPL General. Speaking of Patreon, look at the link. I don't even know if the link's in the description of this video, to be honest with you, but I have one too. Significantly less people than you, but you know what? If I get as many as you want, then maybe I'll go full-time. Who knows? You've got to dream big. That's it. In terms of me, the things are down here. You'll see all the like places I am, but look, genuinely, the biggest thing you can do for me is subscribe to this and, and throw a like on your way out the door. It really, really would mean a lot, but Mark, I think we'll wrap it up there. I wish you had a wee fancy graphic for the end of the show, but I haven't. So I think this is going to be a pretty abrupt, abrupt goodbye to the watchers. But January, thanks again to everyone. And look, hopefully we can do it down the line, General, if you're about. Yeah, of course. Uh, absolute pleasure, John. Thanks for inviting me on.